U.S. debt ceiling talks progress, but there is no deal just yet. The U.S. dollar remains bid, while other traditional safe haven assets will struggle. But, but, but oil stands out after Saudi prince warns speculators to watch their back. So welcome. This is Swiss Code's Daily Market Talk. So the debt ceiling talks in the US led to some progress, but no deal was reached yesterday. The two sides are apparently closing some areas, and I think that they both want to avoid a US government default. But the Republicans need apparently some movement or some fundamental change on the White House deck regarding spending. Because Republicans want to slash the government's spending over as long as possible, while Democrats obviously offer just a little bit of spending cuts just over a couple of years from now. But the clock is ticking louder, obviously, as the US Treasury's general account just goes south at a decent decent pace these days and the US will soon run out of money to pay its deals. And even though there is a strong, strong belief among investors that the US politicians are just not foolish to trigger a self-induced economic crisis in the US and in the world and that they will reach a deal just before time, well, appetite in risk assets looks somehow weakened these days. Both S&P 500 and Nasdaq lost more than 1% at yesterday's trading session. That's not major but still 1%, while the US two-year yield spiked to 4.40%. Mark, though, is sharply lower when I'm talking here this morning. Gold, on the other hand, somehow struggles gathering positive momentum despite the debt ceiling crisis. And even the Swiss franc, which is supposed to be a good safe haven asset, doesn't benefit from, well, safe haven inflows as the US dollar is where investors are seeking refuge right now as absurd as it sounds. Now, oil performed just fine yesterday. That was one of the big news of yesterday's trading session as the Saudi prince, Abdulaziz bin Salman, warned oil bears to watch out. He said that he advises speculators will be ouching as they ouch back in April when they cut output, remember, that he doesn't need to show his cards because he's not a poker player, but that he would just tell the speculators to watch out. So in plain English, it simply means that he just gave a clear hint that OPEC is preparing to announce yet another output cut when it meets at the beginning of next month by June 3 and 4. So Mr. Bin Salman apparently didn't like that. The April bounce that we saw in oil prices just after the OPEC cuts its production last month well, remained short-lived and the post-output cut gains were actually fully given back. But anyway, US crude still jumped more than 2% at yesterday's trading session after Mr. Bin Salman's Warnings. Now, there's a good chance that oil bears will gently turn neutral into the OPEC announcement in well, June 3 and 4, and that we see the price of a barrel test of 50 and 100 day moving averages to the upside. Although, I think that any OPEC induced boost to the crude oil prices will likely remain short lived in the short run. And I think that the 200 day moving average level, which says just a touch below the $80 per barrel level will likely continue to act as a solid resistance to any rally in crude oil prices in the short run. What could support oil prices in the medium to long run, however, is 
well, the structurally tight supply in oil markets, which could get even tighter with mergers that we see in the energy sector these days. In the sense, well, you certainly heard Chevron's announcement of its acquisition of PDC Energy earlier this week. And, well, if you haven't heard, well, you have right now. So this move from Chevron reflects the company's strategic vision to strengthen its position in the oil market and, well, to tap into new reserves. That and the jump that we saw in oil prices yesterday helped Chevron post an almost 3% rally at yesterday's trading session. But what's more important here is, well, the implications of this acquisition extend far beyond Chevron's balance sheet and obviously has broader consequences for, well, consumers and the oil market as a whole because look i mean chevron's acquisition of this pdc energy which is a smaller rival is just one example of a broader trend that has been unfolding in the oil and gas industry since a while now and note that oil giants have substantially cash reserves right now in their hands due to last year's huge rise in oil prices therefore the stage is set for a full-blown takeover bonanza according to mckinsey north america could actually witness up to 230 billion us dollars worth of oil and gas deals this year alone with the Permian Basin emerging as the prime hunting ground for all the oil companies looking for other companies. While these acquisitions may benefit the companies well involved in these deals, they also raise concerns for well every single one of us because as oil companies acquire drilling sites, particularly in regions like the Permian Basin, it's actually said that the immediate consequence of these acquisitions may be a reduction in oil supply and this limitation can obviously lead to higher oil prices obviously ultimately squeezing consumers wallets even tighter and this acquisition spree may exacerbate an already delicate balance between well, oil supply and oil demand around the world potentially creating a unwanted scenario where oil prices soar and boost inflation around the world and call for further action from central banks around the world to contain price pressures. And the IEA has already warned of an impending oil shortage in the second half of this year, which could obviously result in increased profits for oil companies who would buy more of these smaller rivals. However, the cloud of uncertainty obviously looms still over the industry, and that's obviously due to the U.S. debt ceiling and banking crisis and the prospects of defaulting and a subsequent economic downturn and tighter credit due to the banking crisis could all dampen the oil market's momentum and hinder the potential profitability for well, oil companies involved in this acquisition, so maybe there will be less acquisitions due to a, you know, looming recession and that would limit the upside in well, crude oil prices, despite OPEC's efforts to boost oil prices in the short run to make a barrel of crude oil worth more than, well, an IKEA bookcase yet again. Now, that's it for oil. Let's now move to, well, here in Europe. Released yesterday, the PMI data revealed that the German manufacturing PMI contracted to the levels last seen during the pandemic in the month of May. Services in Germany printed a higher than expected number, so that was kind of a good news, but the overall picture for the Eurozone was kind of similar to Germany's, meaning 
slower manufacturing activity yet better services in the month of May. Now these numbers have certainly been influenced obviously by a series of bank holidays that we had in the month of May but the slowing manufacturing activity in Eurozone's growth engine Germany was obviously discouraging for investors and kind of waited on the euro dollar at yesterday's trading session on top of the broadly stronger US dollar across the board of course so the pair fell to 107.60 level yesterday and the next key support for the euro dollar stands at 107.30 level which is the minor 23.6 percent Fibonacci retracement on September to May rebound and which could be interesting dip buying opportunity for those who bet that the US dollar will at some point reverse gains and that as soon as a debt ceiling deal is reached in the US well sometime within the next coming days. Now in the UK both the manufacturing and services PMI numbers were lower than expected in May and they were also lower than the previous readings unfortunately but 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 the service sector companies still reported the fastest increase in cost pressures in three months and unfortunately the latest CPI data that was printed just this morning freshly showed a certain easing in the UK inflation to 8.7 percent but that was much less than a fall to 8.3 percent expected by analysts and more importantly core inflation spiked to 6.8 percent unexpectedly hinting that the Bank of England will unlikely see inflation slump as fast as it expects in the second half of this year and more interest rate hikes could actually be needed in the UK moving forward but maybe not in New Zealand because even though the Reserve Bank of New Zealand raised interest rates to the highest levels in more than 14 years pointing at inflation that remains too high while the bank's forecasts actually signal that its rate tightening cycle has peaked amid an unexpected GDP contraction of 0.6% in the fourth quarter of 2022 and a subdued near term outlook for activity. Now, the Kiwi dollar took a dive after the decision this morning and is now preparing to test a 200 day moving average to the downside. So, this is all for today. I'm Ipekos Kardeshka and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your supportive and interesting feedbacks. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on Instagram, on Twitter and on LinkedIn for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow and until then, good day trading.